Welcome back to the Subtweets and Therapy Podcast, the podcast with no theme, only words. I'm Julian. And I'm Jared. And in today's pod, we talk about the unfortunate passing of John Lewis. As well as some anti-Semitic posts um, and comments from within the Black community. Yeah, so this pod is a lot shorter than last week, so enjoy the pod. So it's been quite the week, huh? Yeah. A lot of stuff. Uh, we yeah. had the Washington football scandal. Mm. We had the Twitter, hack. the Twitter hack. Yeah, we had Kanye West, which, by the way, gave me some of the funniest Twitter moments that I've seen in a while with Chance, oh, with Chance the Rapper. Uh, Chance was talking about Kanye for president and stuff, right? And then Terry Crews started tweeting that Chance has some good ideas. Meanwhile, so while he's doing that, Chance is talking about how, you know, this feels like it's his hill to die on, right? Uh, And then he saw uh, that Terry agreed with him, and he tweeted out um, a facepalm gif (laughs) and said, you know, uh, I'm starting to walk down this mountain. (laughs) (laughs) And then at the end, he goes, actually, I'm sprinting down this mountain. (laughs) oh man that's what i miss twitter for man i miss twitter for the funny moments you gotta get back on bro you gotta get back on i don't know if i can handle it man it was just such a cesspool of human anger Uh, that's the whole internet right now i know man but at least like on instagram i can like look at pictures of dogs and stuff does that like cheer you up i mean no, because <laughs> like tried, I've tried, like I've tried, because my girlfriend is obviously like very much a, a dog lover. Um, the same here. I, yeah, same I, here. I've given it my all as far as trying to understand the minds of dog lovers, and while I appreciate dogs, and her dog is awesome, I can't call myself a dog lover. You know. Yeah, I'm just a, a dog as I. You're at the I stage. Yeah. You know, I I just I just don't like look at a dog and then like my whole day just got better. (laughs) Like, I just don't understand it. Yeah. But to be fair, you're not the type of person to think that about hardly anything. You know? Yeah. There's some things that like will turn my day around, but I've never just been like, wow, someone's walking their dog. That just that just turned my whole day around. I get that. I get that. I I am not that person either. I guess like I, I, there's not a lot of things that would like really turn my whole day around. Um, but like I, whenever I see someone walking their dog, I'm just like, oh hey, look, a dog. You know? Yeah, but, exactly. Like that's it. You know? Like n- neither here nor there. There's a dog. My girlfriend, on the other hand, she will she pat him. Will she stop and pat? Yes, dude. So she'll go like supersonic to the point where I, like she's just making noises instead of actually saying words. Um, sometimes That's some serious she, like, excitement. It's me like like she'll like punch my arm like excitedly, um, and then you know sometimes she'll ask to pet the dog, but nine times out of ten she'll just say way too loudly, "I'm gonna steal that dog. I'm gonna steal the puppy." And I'm like, "You gotta stop saying stuff like that." Because Especially I'm with you around, you know. Yes, there ain't no, no benefit of the doubt getting extended our way. Not <laughs> you, like. Uh, of course, yeah. she, always, she always brings up the fact that I always joke about robbing a, a bank, so I'm not poor anymore. 
And I, I always clarify, I'm like, listen, I would rather steal from very rich people who won't miss the $2 million versus watch you steal someone's pride and joy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some could argue that's equally as evil. Yeah, I would argue that stealing someone's dog is more evil than stealing $2 million from. Is it? Dogs, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe. I'm going to have, we're going to have a poll question on Instagram. Is stealing someone's dog more evil than stealing $2 million from somebody? Vote. Hashtag. Yes or no. Hashtag. It'll the rich fam. It'll be on the story. It'll be on the story. I think my love of dogs may be dwindling. I don't even know if I say a dog. Like, let's say I had a love for dogs, right? right. I feel like every day it goes down because my neighbor's dog barks from sun up to sun down. Oh no. Every day since quarantine started. Oh no. And I was looking to see like who do you report that to? And the people that you're supposed to report that to are closed due to coronavirus. Mm. Of course they are. So he's just barking mm. all day. That's really every a- day. That really is unfortunate. Of course, dog lovers would say that should be the best part of your day. Smile as a rainbow goes over their head. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Noise canceling headphones is probably your best bet on that one. Bro, it's so frustrating. (laughs) (laughs) I just so frustrating. There's no real way for you to get around that one. Just get some noise canceling headphones and go about your day. Yeah, my AirPods are doing work. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice casual flex, by the way. You have my AirPods. Mm-hmm. No one cares that you have AirPods. Hey, man. You know, I have to have some kind of flex. I haven't really made money in months. Yeah. And you sound like most Apple users. I got a phone, but I can't afford a burrito. <laughs> I can too afford a burrito. I just can't Thank afford you. two burritos. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this is not what we were supposed to talk about. Um, yeah, anyways, the week has been busy, is yeah. what we're saying. What else happened this week? Um, Megan Stallion got shot in the feet. Tory yeah. Lanez may be the one who's done it. Uh, if you don't know who those are, those are both rappers slash yeah. musicians. I can understand why you wouldn't know who they were. Like, that's totally understandable. Honestly, bro, my girlfriend today, she mm. didn't know who Nick Cannon was. So I feel like I need wait, to explain stuff. Wait, wait, what? Yeah, she was like, so what are you going to talk about this week? And I was like, maybe, you know, the Nick Cannon anti-Semitism thing. And she goes, who's Nick Cannon? But, you know, we got to give her a pass, bro. We got to give her a pass. She lives in Canada. You know, Nick Cannon ain't big up there. I thought he was big everywhere, especially Uh, because he married Mariah Carey. I mean, that's the only reason he got big. Let's be real. Like he was known as the dude that got married to Mariah Carey for most. And he was on that show with Kevin Hart. Wait, that show with Kevin? Oh yeah, he was. Real Husbands of Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. I never really watched that show. I didn't either. Mm. Anyways, um, so yeah, there was also uh, the Jack Dorsey Universal Basic Income Experiment. Um, The advertisement coming from the White House for Goya beans. I think those were all the things. Oh, yeah. And Seattle uh, agreed to defund their police budget by 50 percent and reallocate those funds um, to other programs to help 
raise the quality of living in Seattle. And we had the backlash to anti-Semitic uh, posts of mm-hmm. Sean Jackson and Nick Cannon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, unfortunately, we also lost a legend uh, yesterday in John Lewis. Um, I feel like most people should at least be generally like aware of who he was. Um, but just in case you weren't, um, John Lewis is a, an actual legend um, in the black community, especially if we're talking about uh, civil rights uh, and fighting for equality uh, and fighting to end racism. Uh, this is a guy who was there through it all. Uh, and he's most known for, you know, his quotes about saying, you know, the only kind of trouble you should get in is the good kind of trouble, you know, yeah. causing good trouble to fight for change. Um, and, you know, I'm not going to lie, man. Like this one actually, this one actually hurts. It hurt, man. It hurts. It hurt. Um, I, I, I never got the, the chance to meet him, um, but my parents told me a good bit about him. Uh, and then just doing some research on my own to see, you know, all the different ways that he has fought for the black community over the years uh, just really made me appreciate the man of integrity that he was. Uh, he was a man that was possessed of such strong character and such strong will um, that he never once lost it, quote unquote, in terms of like his cool or his focus uh, when it comes to ending racism in this country uh, and bringing about equality um, for, for black people in this country. He was always able to stay laser focused on what his task was. Uh, and being able to do that in politics in DC for as long as he did it is just astounding to me. You know, it's just, it's really incredible. A hundred percent. And to keep, keep the fight going after everything that he'd been through mm. in the sixties mm. is just something that I think everyone should really be amazed by. You know, I think yeah. that John Lewis is pretty much, the shining example of what you want to grow up to be. Yes. Someone who regardless of what stands in front of you in terms of obstacles, you keep pushing forward and you keep pushing forward the goal to try to better the world for the people who are coming after you. And I think we can all a hundred percent say that he definitely did that. 100%. To quote um, Bernice King, she tweeted, when I visited Uncle John last week, I looked in in his eyes and said, well done. I told him that I loved him and that we are going to continue the fight. So I must mourn and move on at the same time. And I think all we can really say is thank you. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. Thank you. And we promise to do everything that we can with whatever platform we've been given to continue the fight because it's not over, um, but you've done so much for our community uh, and, you know, we're able to stand as high as we are standing right now because we're standing on the shoulders of of your work. So thank you, John. Definitely. 100%. So something that we should definitely talk about at least a little bit uh, that is related to John's life uh, and his subsequent passing um, is your, your feelings on how certain people um, have joined the conversation in discussing 
the legacy of John Lewis and how that kind of rubbed you the wrong way. Um, aside from Marco Rubio tweeting a photo of him and Elijah Cummings oh, dear instead of him and John I, Lewis. I, I still don't know. We've already talked about this twice and I still don't understand it. Like you are a, a politician. You have a large staff. I'm sure all it takes is like, you, you worked with the man. Yes. All it you takes worked is with him. to double check to make sure you have the <laughs> right picture of the right black person before you tweet it out talking about how you know you respected him and you're going to miss him and you know all that kind of stuff like uh <laughs> the optics on yeah. that are just painful it's just painful i think um the biggest thing i think that we can do right now to really uh push forward his legacy and honor his memory is to contact your congressman mm. and tell them that the voting rights act that is sitting on mitch mcconnell's desk right now mm needs to be looked at and approved mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't know if you noticed in the news, but when there has been elections in the past couple months, um, there have been a lot of voters who have not been allowed to vote because of how the voting rights act was gutted mm-hmm. and how voter suppression has been working in this country. Mm-hmm. Which that is something that we honestly could dedicate an entire episode to which you probably hear us say that a lot when it comes to this topic uh and that's just because this topic is is honestly that complex uh and it's that difficult to to make progress Uh, but voter suppression is an issue right now today yeah Uh, there is some stuff that i would like to talk about because i forgot to put this in the topic list in regards to that is um one obviously we've seen the lines that form outside of voter places because they can just close down whatever Mm -hmm. precinct they want to and blame coronavirus. Mm -hmm. But obviously, if you look at the lines, the people who have been largely affected have been black and brown citizens of America. Mm -hmm. But in addition to that, um, this week, the Supreme Court struck down a notion that would allow felons to vote, Mm. um, which Mm -hmm. is another form of voter suppression. Mm-hmm. And these are the things that I don't think we speak enough about mm-hmm. because regardless of the crime that they did, they've served their time mm-hmm. and they should be allowed to have their voices heard as well, Agreed. especially in a country where we we went to war to talk about representation mm-hmm. within our government because mm-hmm. we weren't represented in the English government, among other things that we disagreed with, obviously. Right. And to allow such a large subset, especially in the culture that we've cultivated in America in terms of our our prison system and criminal justice system, to completely uh, invalidate their voices is clearly wrong. Mm-hmm. It's just wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is something that it's it's really easy for a lot of people to out of hand dismiss the idea of addressing voter suppression, especially if we're talking about uh, with felons, um, you know, not being able to vote uh, because in America, we do a fantastic job of painting up people who have broken the law as completely irredeemable persons that cannot be trusted and should not be listened to and should not be treated as if they are also human beings that live in this country. 
um, we do a really good job of desensitizing ourselves and detaching ourselves from people who have been locked up or who are currently locked up, um, which makes it easier for us to turn a blind eye to things like voter suppression or you know, people just being treated very poorly in prisons um, or recidivism rates or, you know, like all that kind of stuff. Um, so this is definitely something that more people should be talking about. Definitely something that should have a brighter spotlight cast on it. Um, and just to kind of tie everything back into to where we started, uh, if you are genuinely interested in honoring the memory and the legacy of, of John Lewis, then you should you should contact your representatives and make sure that this bill is pushed through. hundred percent. You just hundred percent. You should. Didn't mean to throw that at you just randomly. It just really crossed my mind as I started talking. No, no, um, you're good. You're good. Because I know that that was one of the last bills that he helped write and co-sign. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. a lot of people say that to solve the problems that we're seeing today, people should just show up and vote when that's not necessarily easy or um, a possibility at all for some people. Right. And in order to make change, we do need to make change in our government. But if we don't have the access and ability to be able to do so, we're going to keep going along the status quo. And this will be just like um, 2014 in Ferguson. Mm -hmm. And I'm not trying to see us go back to that. I'm not trying to see um, people who obviously don't have our interests in mind ruling and i'm not calling out any names specifically i'm just saying overall we could use some policy changes in terms to quality of life in the black community and in communities in general yeah specifically in low-income communities mm-hmm. uh, this is something that has become um more and, and more of a passion for me uh something that weighs heavier and heavier on my heart is just the manner with which we um think about discuss and treat those who don't make as much money as middle class or upper class in this country. Um, There's so many civil rights aspects that uh, we need to address and just general human decency aspects that we need to address um, that honestly, like, I don't, I, I still don't fully understand why there would be like opposition to ensuring that we're doing things the right way with some of the stuff like specifically um you know voter suppression uh that's the the first one that comes up to comes to mind like i just don't understand why so many people would have such an issue with focusing our attention on that and ensuring that we address it and eliminate it so we can move on to the next thing you know yeah i feel like this is something that we keep having to revisit Mm -hmm. i I think with things like redistricting and being able to draw county lines and and choose which um, like that. Yeah. Gerrymandering and stuff like that. I just, it's just ridiculous that this is something that's still happening. And Mm -hmm. that is why I believe you should, if you don't want to call, email them, write them a letter. They respond um, a lot of the time and just let your voice be heard. Also, if you are uh, unaware as to how you can get that information or how you can stay up to date uh, with some of the the policies that are trying to be pushed through, um, instead of you know just searching everything on Google, which can kind of feel nebulous at times, uh, there's an app called Countable um, that I found a couple of years ago um, that 
brings all the information to you as far as it gives you push notifications. Yes. It gives you push notifications. It lets you know who your reps are. It lets you know how you can contact them, lets you know how they have been voting on specific bills and what bills are coming up. And it even gives you a a forum to discuss those things. It gives you like, it gives you a a pros and a cons. Uh, It's, it's honestly a pretty great app. Um, So, you know, if you feel like you don't really know where to start, start with that app. Uh, because that can really help you uh, land on your feet when it comes to this type of stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's really good to to stay informed at least a little bit mm-hmm. um, because it's amazing to see how much voting actually happens on things and things that come up, which you may not have heard about in the mainstream news. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, that unfortunately is not a hashtag ad. It'd be great if we could get some uh, some advertising support from Countable, but we don't have that right now. Uh, so that is a genuine uh, piece piece of advice from me. Um, we're not in sort of in sort of so in some sort of relationship with Countable. Um, that was just something that I genuinely thought would help. So, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. So another topic that we wanted to bring up, as far as like things that have been happening this week, um, is the anti-Semitic comments posts. Uh, that we've seen from certain black athletes and celebrities, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, tweets from Deshaun Jackson, uh, support of the tweets from Steven Jackson, no relation. Um, quotes from Nick Cannon's, I believe it's a podcast or is a radio show. I'm not sure which one it was. Uh, I'm not yeah, it, it came from there. Yeah, so <laughs> this is something that I mean, when we were discussing it earlier, we got pretty animated about it because um, basically what happened was Deshaun Jackson got baited by the Internet. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, he posted a quote of Hitler, which in general, we agree, is not not really a good idea, yeah. um, but it ended up being a fake Hitler quote. Right. Mm-hmm. It was fake. Um, so it not only was just a, a bad start with like, hey, let me post a quote from Hitler. Uh, you know, it got even worse with it being a, a fake quote in which he got baited into something that he probably wasn't very educated about. Uh, and it came off, um, at least with the the other support that he got from Stephen Jackson uh, and subsequently Nick Cannon. Um, it just really highlighted something that we think should be addressed right now in the black community. Uh, and that's our own blind spots to racist feelings, mentalities, uh, or just ways of, of acting towards Jewish people and other people groups of color. Yeah, 100%. I think um, in a large part, what we've been asking for is for people to call out an indiscrimination, correct? Mm-hmm. And this is a clear time in which we need to do so. Yes. And I think that Number one, we shouldn't look at these criticisms as personal attacks, right? And so I don't believe that this is something that we cancel for. Mm. I think this is an opportunity for us as a community to, to learn, much like Deshaun Jackson's doing right now. Right. Um, well, and- let's, let, let's talk about what you mean by you don't think that um, these should be taken as like personal criticisms. Can you dive a little bit deeper into that? Well, yeah. So I was watching ESPN and Michael Wilbon who 
sometimes has some big opinions. Uh, I'm sure you yeah. know. Yeah, he's not, uh, a, not a favorite of mine. <laughs> yeah, so Michael Wilbon said that by tweeting this and by Steven Jackson agreeing to this, that it completely invalidated um, all that they said about the Black Lives Movement and that their opinion held no credibility anymore. Mm. And obviously, I disagree with that. I think that's too strident. I think that everyone has moments in which they're wrong and speak on things that they may not be super educated about. right? Right. That doesn't mean that everything that they've done regarding other things needs to be disregarded and um, discredited. Right. Much like if we look at Nick Cannon, who's also involved in this, um, mm-hmm. Nick Cannon was one of the first black celebrities to stand with Colin Kaepernick when Colin Kaepernick knelt in protest of police brutality a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, he's done a lot of work in the black community to uplift and give opportunities to um, people who may not have had opportunities before. And generally, he's used his platform in a way that has been net helpful rather than net negative. Right. Okay? right. And so... Was what happened on his radio show problematic and wrong? 100%. 100%. And I think that we as a community need to talk more about that and to talk about why it's wrong. But to say that that completely disqualifies and discredits anything, any work that he's done before, anything that he said before, um, Stephen Jackson as well with all the work that he's done in Minnesota to discredit stuff like that because of this, I think that that is not Okay. Right. I think it's too strident and I think it's too, it isolates people and makes people need to be a perfect messenger, which I think is another thing that's been problematic in the black community, not, not in within our community, but in how people view our community in terms of protests and things like that. That's when Mm -hmm. you hear things like um, George Floyd wasn't a saint. Um, Colin Kaepernick has problems. Right. We, We look at it as people need to always be a perfect messenger for things. And I think mm-hmm. that by Michael Wilbon saying things like that, that furthers that narrative that is obviously problematic. Right. And this this is something that leans into what we were talking about last week with cancel culture. Mm-hmm. We definitely we have a tendency right now uh, in our in our verve for you know change. We have a tendency to overreach uh, and we have a tendency to quickly start cutting people off uh, whenever they say something that's wrong. Um, and while, you know, we definitely need to make it clear, um, what Deshaun Jackson posted and what Nick Cannon said, um, was definitely wrong. Um, and definitely something that they need to apologize for. And in the case of Deshaun Jackson actually have apologized for, um, we don't necessarily have to throw the baby out with the bath, with the bath water, you know, like we don't need to all of a sudden try to erase everything that uh, everything good that these gentlemen have done uh, within the black community. Um, You know, we need to give all, we need to give all of us the room to grow, right. The room to make mistakes Mm -hmm. and learn and to grow. Um, But in the same breath, I definitely think that this is something that the black community needs to be super aware of and sensitive to right now is the fact that we have blind spots in our community when it comes to other people groups and the way that we talk about them and the way that we feel about them. You know, like right now it is 
very important that not only do we get the support that we have needed and have been fighting for for years from other people so that we can continue our fight for equality, but we also need to support those people who are supporting us whenever they need us. You know, we can't, we can't uh, have our cake and eat it too. You know, like we can't call white people out for racist actions and not address the racist actions within our own community. You know, Um, we need to be, aware that if we start making mistakes like that without trying to correct them, it makes us come off as hypocritical in the eyes of other people. You know, it makes us come off as if, you know, we feel that our issues are more important uh, than the issues of, of everyone else. And that in and of itself is a problem. And that in and of itself could derail the momentum that we have right now. Right. And I agree 100 percent. And that's why I had a problem with um, Malcolm Jenkins, another football player, plays for the Philadelphia Eagles. He Mm -hmm. said that we don't have time to focus on that right now as we're focused on the Black Lives Matter movement. Mm -hmm. And I think that that statement is asinine. Yeah, I think to exclude someone else's pain is just foolish. And I think it's selfish and doesn't have very much. But to exclude someone else's pain in the midst of your fight for inclusivity is the height of hypocritical actions in my mind. Like Mm -hmm. in and of itself just kind of like encapsulates the issue to try and exclude other people's fights and rights and pain while fighting for yours to be recognized is fundamentally flawed. Sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, but no, especially when you think about, let's say tables were turned. Right. Mm -hmm. Roles were reversed. We would be livid if someone said we don't have the energy to look at your movement right now and look at your pain because we have pain. Mm -hmm. Right. Especially when the pain is in the same vein. Right. In terms of discrimination. I think if anything, what we should be pushing for is education, is empathy. Mm -hmm. Right. And to that end, um, I do want to give Deshaun Jackson his due credit um, because it, this all started with what he posted, um, but he didn't do what a lot of people uh, do whenever they realize that they've made a big mistake. He didn't um, entrench himself further into say, into the mentality of, you know, I said what I said and I'm not sorry for it. He did the reverse and actually admitted that he was wrong and immediately connected uh, with Ju- Julian Edelman, um, who is a, a Jewish football player. Um, and you know, he allowed himself to be educated by someone from within that community. Uh, and if I'm not mistaken, he's actually going to be making a trip to Israel uh, at some point in the future so he can mm-hmm. further his education uh, you know, about the uh, Israeli community and hopefully about the connection between the Israeli community and the black community. Uh, and that is what we need to see more of, especially from people who are in the public eye. We need to see people who, when they make a mistake, they're like, oh, crap, I made a mistake. I was wrong. I apologize. Can someone please help me understand more of this topic, more of this issue, so that I can have a more informed perspective? You know, if we see more of that, uh, then I think that would be huge, um, and that can really help shape the the general feeling within our, our nation uh, when it comes to difficult topics, you know? Yeah, I think that Deshaun Jackson sets an example that I think society as a whole should follow. 
in mm-hmm. that when we criticize, he didn't take it as a personal attack. Right. Right. We're not looking at this as Deshaun Jackson's a, a terrible person because of what he said. He was obviously misinformed. We know that. We called him out on it. And now he's seeking the education to better himself and to better those around him so that this doesn't happen again. Right. The issue is that there were people co-signing his sentiments prior to his apology and his actions. Mm -hmm. And I think that this is, this ties a lot into what we talked about last week in terms of, um, um, not seeking the education and to just die on that mountain. Right. They're kind of choosing their hill and they're choosing to die on it. Right. And I think this, um, lack of nuance in that is I think it's just ignorant right and I think I th- the thing I've noticed a lot in society is there's not a lot of people who seem to be very self-aware mm-hmm. it's very easy to call someone else out on things but then when it's your turn a lot of people are blind to their own flaws mm-hmm. that actually that makes me think of um, a verse that I've struggled with a lot growing up as a Christian um, and just basically paraphrasing here. Um, but Jesus was calling humanity out for uh, saying to their brother, Hey, you have a speck of, of sawdust in your eye when that person in and of themselves has an entire plank of wood in their eye, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, it's very easy to see the flaws in other people. Uh, but if, you know, if you're not paying close attention to how you're living your life or how you are conversing with people, uh, or, you know, stuff like that, then, you know, you don't even realize that you have a plank in your own eye. Um, so, yeah, it's um, it's it's definitely something that we as as the black community and we as a society just need to be more aware of uh, when it comes to all of this. You know, we all have blind spots. We all are going to make mistakes. Uh, but as long as we are willing to a it, own up to our mistakes and try to change and b allow each other to own up to those mistakes and learn from them, you know, then we can progress, at least in my mind, we can do better than what we've done before. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And I think that this situation is a perfect example as to how cancel culture should be right. Mm-hmm. Exception of Michael Wilbon and people who have said things that Michael Wilbon have said in that sentiment. I think that we called out and it's up to them to seek the education, right? I believe Stephen mm-hmm. Jackson kind of walked it back a little bit, okay, which good. is a step. Good. And I think the thing that should also strongly be emphasized is, yes, he was wrong, Stephen Jackson I'm talking about, but that doesn't mm-hmm. discredit the work that he's doing in Minnesota or mm-hmm. anything that he's doing to work with Black Lives Matter and the good that he's contributed there. Right. I think right. being wrong in one avenue doesn't invalidate your work at all in a different in a different way right oh, and i, I think can, a lot of people fear that yeah and you know it, in in principle it's definitely and in theory it's it's easy to talk about that you know uh mm-hmm. it gets messier when we actually are in reality and you know we see someone who's doing well in one arena falter in another um so you know it's it's not an easy thing and i think we should definitely take on like a, a case by case basis, um, you know, 
but in general, if we can get to the point uh, where we can appreciate the work that someone is doing in one arena and still allow them to learn in others, uh, then we're definitely taking major steps forward uh, in terms of kind of creating a, a common ground for general healing to happen in this country. Um, just because there's so many like divides that start with emotion, you know, so many divides that run off of emotion. Uh, and it kind of, kind of makes us not even try to find that common space, not even try to find that common ground to understand one another. Mm-hmm. Um, if we are able to find that common ground, then I think we can at least start to close some of these gaps that we have, you know? Yeah. And I think that that's, that part of it is just not seeing this criticism as a personal affront, like we talked about last week. I think, um, you know, a lot of people get so entrenched in an idea that it becomes personal, almost like a fandom with teams. Right. Um, To where if there's something negative being hurled at your team or your viewpoint, it it feels like you're being attacked as a person and you feel that emotionally. You feel like that deep pit in your stomach Mm. and you just Mm -hmm. you feel like you have to say something. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of what happened here, too is that some people just, when a topic is brought to them, they don't have the ability for some reason to say, I don't know enough about this topic, so let me go look that up before I say something. Yeah, and I think we actually, we touched on this last week. Um, You know, it's just that, especially if we're talking about on social media, there is that whole, I don't want to be publicly embarrassed. I don't want to be publicly wrong. I don't want to lose this fight, quote unquote, um, and which, you know, speed and wittiness is the name of the game, you know, mm-hmm. and if you aren't able to quickly hit back, then, you know, in the eyes of those who are reading your thread, you lost, you know, so th- there's not really a lot of incentive right now for people to take a step back and, and educate themselves before they make a comment. So, yeah, the other thing that I would like to say is I feel as if um, we're a little too quiet on this subject as a whole. Mm. Um, we know that it's wrong and I feel like more people need to come out and say that it's wrong. Right. Right. Because I think that, um, a lot of times that being silent on issues like this leads people to believe that they also don't have to speak up when times are difficult for another subset of people. Right. And if we're pushing for people to speak up for us, I feel like we need to do the same thing for others or it's hypocritical and by nature. Agreed. So I guess, I don't know, my therapy stance on this, my last little parting shot is in order for us to genuinely make progress, uh, in order for us to do this the right way, um, then not only do we need to be paying close attention to those around us, but we need to be paying close attention to ourselves um, so that we can ward off the uh, easy pitfalls of being hypocritical when it comes to standing up for something that you believe in and something that, you know, would be good for you and your community, but not doing the same thing for somebody else. Yeah. A hundred percent. My parting shot, I'm going to keep it short and simple. Um, First of all, I a hundred percent agree with what you said. I think that we do need to be more self-aware and we need to be more, empathetic towards other groups of people even if we don't necessarily relate to them (laughs) but my real parting shot is if you're going to tweet out a picture of you and a black guy 
to commemorate their death, make sure it's the right black guy. Oh my God, please. You know? Please make sure like, it's the right black guy. Come on, man. Ask ask it, somebody first. The, the optics on that are just so horrible, man. It's just so bad. Especially when you worked with him. You worked with him. You saw this man. And just right? Like, what are you doing? It takes two seconds to verify. Just look at who's in the picture. Uh, did he at least like, like he take the picture down after that? Yeah, the problem was he not only posted the picture, but he made it his profile picture. Oh no. <laughs> you know? So Okay. Wonderful. Um also don't forget, wear a mask, kids. It it yes. it's a good thing. Wear a mask. CDC said literally. If everyone wore a mask for the next six weeks, we'd put this virus into the ground. Then we could go to movies, concerts, go outside, see our friends, all that stuff. So please wear a mask. Please wear a mask. Just wear it, please. But yeah, thank you so much for listening to the Subtweets and Therapy podcast. It's been another great week. Don't forget, share our podcast with everyone. Rate us on Mm -hmm. iTunes. Leave a review if you can. Um, Please only positive reviews. I'm sensitive. Uh, yeah, yeah. Five stars. Five stars. Five. We're really trying to shoot up this chart. Share us <laughs> on everything. Please. And also, uh, follow us on Instagram at Subtweets and Therapy. That's what I was going to say. So I'll say something else. Always remember I'm Therapy. He subtweets. Yeah, that was out of order. But yeah, <laughs> thank you. See you next week. Yeah.